It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Filling in for Boyd Matheson today, I'm Dave Noriega, along with Amy Winder-Newton, who is uh, a council member with the Salt Lake County Council. Uh, and Amy, uh, I'm excited to have this conversation because there was a little drama uh, when Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson uh, was really quite upset with the county council for proposing that they cut $180,000 from her budget. She called it political. She called it unfair. But what's really going on? You know, I, I want to know. Uh, let's hear from your point of view. Uh, what was going on and why was that $180,000 cut or proposed to be cut from her budget? Well, you know, I had said earlier how we really pride ourselves in Salt Lake County of working together, and, and I feel like we do a really good job. But budget time is always one of those more intense times, and that's because you've got an executive branch and a legislative branch who have to make decisions. The mayor proposes her budget in mid-October. The council gets a chance to go through the budget and decide what stays and what goes and what to add or what to, to take out. And we take that job very seriously. We, um, you know, that's something that that's really important. I believe government from time to time starts getting bloated and it's good to kind of rein things in and, and look at where we're going to better prioritize. And so as we did this budget, um, there were some new full-time positions that we did add. We added some in the health department. Um, there were uh, two positions in the mayor's administration that were vacant positions that one of my council colleagues had proposed to cut, and that was the 180000 Now, I think the argument would be, uh, I think maybe in defense of the mayor's office and, and this growing staff, and as things grow, is look where we're living. We're living in Utah, which is the fastest growing state in the entire nation. When, when we got the U.S. Census, we saw that. We're number one. So isn't it... Uh, justifiable, I think, on some level to say, you know what, we have a bigger county, we have more money, we have more responsibilities. Maybe we do need to continue to grow our staff. Well, I think it's a matter of growing in the right way. And I think that's what our council has tried to look at is, you know, where are the places that we need to put more resources? For instance, um, we have a shortage of corrections officers right now. With the law enforcement shortage, we're struggling to get enough people to be in our jail to uh, do corrections. And so that was something we had to put money into is increasing salaries of our corrections officers and public safety. Um, That's always our number one priority. And criminal justice making up more than 70% of our general fund budget, that's that's top priority for us. And so it's figuring out where to put it in the right places. Now, when you have a position that's been vacant for over six months, when the funds for it have been uh, dwindled down to only 40 grand, you're not going to hire a full-time person with benefits on 40,000. Um, that was one position that to me was a no-brainer. Like it's time to, to take that and put it aside and, um, and 
you know, have people ask if they need a new position and justify it. One of the fastest ways to grow government is through new full-time positions. We see that all the time with government where it just gets bigger and bigger because people keep adding in positions that are then not just one-time expenses, but they're ongoing expenses. And so there's there's things like that that we have to look at when we're figuring out what to do with the budget. Now, one of these positions, uh, from from my understanding, was was basically a uh, a top policy advisor, like a senior uh, policy advisor position. Uh, can you describe a little bit what the role of a policy advisor is and why they're they're important? Yeah, so the mayor has policy advisors, and I'm not sure how many she has, but um, council members have one. We're part-time, and so we have a full-time policy advisor that helps us in our day-to-day that goes through the budget, looks for um, you know things that can be improved upon and, and things like that. And um, it really depends on the person who they answer to as to what they do. Um, so for instance, my policy advisor, I have her help me with constituent outreach. I have her help me with the budget. She goes through and helps organize my budget book and 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 listens to all all of the departments and makes recommendations on things that we need to be looking closer at or um, things going on at the county because I'm not there full time. I'm, I'm a part time council member. Um, there's policy advisors in the mayor's office and I'm sure the mayor has them do a variety of different things. I think this particular position was one that she was going to have focused on social media and, and doing more with that. And so it really just depends on what their boss hires them to do. Some of the, uh, as we're listening to uh, people discuss the the, the need uh, for these policy advisors saying, essentially, if you take away these positions or if we're not able to hire someone to fill these vacant positions, then all that work is just going to trickle down and land on other people's shoulders. And for people that are all already working unpaid overtime because they're they're not overtime employees uh, they don't get that that hour and a half or or a pay and a half for every hour they work over 40 hours then it just kind of trickles down and the work still needs to get done so what do you say to the people that are now going to have to pick up the the slack well, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I mean, in this position, one one of the positions, like I said, had been vacant for over six months. So obviously, you know, nobody, there's, there's no slack to pick up there. The other one has been vacant for, I think, uh, just over a month. And so, um, you know, I, I think that what the council basically told the mayor is, look, if you have a need for this and you can give us specifics on why you need this position and what what you hope to have this person do, come back to the council at any time. We're happy to revisit it. And I think that's how you hold government accountable is if you have if you can't get straight answers on how government officials are going to be spending taxpayer dollars, then it's time to cut back. If you can get good justification on why certain positions are needed, then I think that's a reasonable thing to bring before the council. You said you take great pride that the county council is able to work together because you do have this interesting mix in Salt Lake County of uh, fairly liberal sections uh, of Salt Lake and then more conservative. So it, it's crucial that you're able to work together because you do have a mix of both Republicans and Democrats. So when Mayor Wilson called this political and unfair, how do you respond to that? You know, that's frustrating to me, quite frankly, because I feel like um, 
we try to not be political. We try to make good decisions for the, in the best interests of, of the public. And it, it, with other issues, like even the mask mandate discussions, people called that political. Um, that's not how, it's not like all the Republicans get together or all the Democrats get, well, maybe they do. I don't know. Cause I'm not in their meetings, but the Republicans, it's not like we get together and we say, Oh, we're all going to vote here. I mean, I can tell you personally on this, this, you know, cutting these two positions, one was a no brainer for me. The other one, I was having a hard time and I wasn't sure where I was going to fall on it. But, um, what we do really well together is we discuss things. We have good relationships. And like we'd mentioned in the earlier uh, segment, if you have that personal relationship and you get to know people, I mean, I, I, it helps because then you can pick up the phone and call them and say, Hey, help me understand this better. You know, we do have three new colleagues on the County council and, and they're still trying to get to know the mayor's staff and the mayor better and understand, you know, some of the things that we do during the budget process, but it's, it's overall a very high functioning, good group that I'm, I am very pleased to work with. Well, uh, coming up next, grocery bills are going up, but it looks like banks, well, they're not lending as much as they used to, and the jobs report was less than stellar for the president. Boyd Matheson sat down with Robert Spenlove from Zions Bank to talk about all this and more next. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.